river kingdoms are a constantly shifting group of city-states, kingdoms and fiefdoms, rising and falling through the machinations of would-be conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Brevoy sits the Stolen Lands. Stolen from what and when are a matter of some debate. Currently overrun by bandits and monsters. Brevoy seeks to aid in the establishment of new kingdoms, buffer states, run by anyone strong enough and clever enough to carve a kingdom out of the savage wilderness. Caelan Thorne, the mercenary who would be king, believes he is that man. Herein lies his tale of wilderness exploration, monsters, politics, romantic entanglements, ancient gods, and war. Heavy indeed is the head that wears the crown. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. A word to our listeners. This game is often interrupted. Whenever this happens, you'll hear our editor's tone to let you know when a segment of recording has been removed until we resume gaming. Episode 116. So, when last we left our hero, you had won a string of devastating military victories against Pytax. Yes, we had done pretty well for ourselves. And then retreated from a string of devastating military victories against Pytax. Uh, well, um, we continued to harass them, lost an army, and... Um, Left, left, uh, and um, left as they uh, were not making any dents in their remaining armies. Yep. Uh, and I think that was about that. Yeah, that was as far as we we had edged slightly into the next month because um, we spent so much time yeah, down there. I can't remember. And what we else happened. I think it was just all army combat. You know, it was just all army combat. We haven't had the kingdom turn for the new nope. new month that we've just started in. Yep. And there is a bunch of potential stuff happening. Do we want to start off with the level? Yes, by all means. So tell me what Kalen has learned from his experiences. Alright, so Kalen has taken um, another fighter level and become a level 9 fighter. Yep. Yes, saving the exciting looking last night of Thorn's level for next level. Um... He has um, picked up another 11 hit points and is um, heading, edging towards 150. Um, he has um, picked up another point of base attack bonus because that was so low before and now has an even more oppressive attack. He has um, picked up a point of reflex and a point of will, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. And then um, also a fighter bonus save, yep. which he has chosen to put in reflex. Yep. So he is continuing to boost his lower saves. Yep. Um, he has um, gotten a couple of skill points, which he has put in balance, which is now a positive number even in the play. That num- positive number being one. Yep, very impressive. Another point in handle animal, bringing him to a total of nine on the skill and two ranks. He hasn't exactly put a ton of effort into it. He's got seventeen and in- put another rank in intimidate. He's got seventeen intimidate now. 
And of course, the pride of the collection, 23 ride. Well, that's almost as good as Tristan. It's Tristan kicking my ass at ride again. Uh, I know he's got a lot of decks. I can't remember. So, when you're good. Yep. Um, and the last thing was I did my relationship point. Ah, yes. Um, and I um, put it in relationship with Tristram because I've done a lot of stuff with him this level and my relationship with him is now 26. You Cool. NPCs? Yes. A lot of them. So Tristan is now a 14th level bard. Uh, he is also putting points in ride. Yep. Um, but only bringing him to 21. Ha! I mean, mm. And then several in balance, bringing him to substantively more than one. Yes, yes, I'm sure he um, can kick my balance up. As, as he is embracing his fey nature, he's starting to spend more, increasingly more of his skill points on physical skills. Ah, uh, yeah. tumbly jumpy things. That's interesting. Because it's uh, um, more of an agility sort of... Uh, more, I'm spending them more on the fey grace style things. Ah, uh, yeah. Than climb and swim. The theory being, he's sort of more naturally agile, as he's not sort of instinctively restricting yeah. himself to human norms. Pretty much. Cool. If, if he was changing stats as a result, he'd be changing to like you know higher decks kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So he can now inspire courage at plus three. Ooh, shiny! The dragon fighting one. On yeah. The Chart on the on the flash card we've got. Yeah, yeah, we've never used that. Actually, used that uh, card before. He knows a new fifth level spell, and I took one that keeps coming up: false vision. Oh, cool! That so is he handy. Can now cast that spontaneously. That is handy. Um, it also seems kind of um, appropriate in a sort yeah. of fake context. Bryn pretty much just monks on. She gets um, nothing actually particularly compellingly interesting in this level. Just more hit points, more base, more base attack, more saves, etc. No cool monk power. This no, level. no, no more speed, AC, or um, increased damage. Yeah, there's but, always that level that's boring. But all saves. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, Michaela, on the other hand, takes her tenth level in Initiate of the Mysteries, which is the last level it has as a prestige class. Uh, so she, she, what, I may end up just looping back round on it again, taking it from zero to ten again. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she is now up to 66 sneak attack. Uh, she gains a bonus skill feat, which she's taking alertness for, to make her better at spotting and listening. Yep. Um, which will actually make her um, substantively impressive. She has gotten increasingly better. At, she started with nothing in this, and has gotten increasingly better as the campaign's gone on, because she put a couple of points into it when um, she got to Tanya's gift. Ah, uh, yes. Not. Um, the lives that she didn't have, where she lived in the wilderness and all, the, and you know, watched out for danger constantly and fought assassins and this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so she has now got a bon- taking a bonus feat of alertness, which brings her spot and listen up towards twenty, which is pretty impressive. Um, and then she gets her apex power from Initiative of the Mysteries of Skill Mastery. Oh. Which is the rogue ability where you get. Uh, in her case, five different skills that she can now take ten on at will, including under threat. Wow. Um, so, sense motive. Because. Obvious. Yeah. Uh, bluff, same reasoning. Concentration, I'm thinking, will pretty much eliminate her need to ever make concentration checks. Yeah. Um, also, it's kind of whatever it goes. So. Yeah. And I haven't settled on this, but I might put the last two in spot and listen. So she can just take 10 and have a completely passive spot and listen of like 25 to 30. That's pretty impressive. 
Uh, and that's pretty much what she's getting. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty badass. Uh, Svetlana, on the other hand, is hitting what's Eldritch Knight 6, which is functionally 11th level sorcerer spellcasting. Yeah. And as a result, gets a new 1st level, new 2nd level, new 3rd level, new 4th level, new 5th level spell on that one. Yep. I have absolutely no idea what that is. No, no, the 2nd level one sold itself very quickly and simply. See invisibility. That is an awesome... That because is... she was there fighting um, fighting Gaitane. Yep. <laughs> repeatedly. Yep, yep. See invisibility would have been extremely useful. Um, and the 5th level one might be teleport. But it could also be baffle polymorph, so... Yeah, that's a tough call. You know, I'll think about that one. Certainly, it will Payful, be... Baleful poly... Teleport is incredibly useful, but baleful polymorph is pretty great. It will be nice to have something other than five overland flights a day. Yeah. yeah right, because she's got five spells... Oh, overland but... flight is the only fifth little spell that she knows. Yeah. And she's now got four or five spell slots. Ah, uh, yeah. So she really needs... Because ultimately, once she's casted one herself and Kaelin, and they can both fly, there's really no one to cast the other three spells off. Yeah, and teleport vaguely has the same problem. Yeah. Like, how many times are you really going to be teleporting? Teleporting the two of us and our horses, yeah. Well, one teleport will move you and your horses already. Yeah. The problem is the joy of a two-man party. Yeah, so there might be something to be said for Baleful Polymorph, although there is some question as how many people are there. Or there's lots of things in there. Pass wall is another one that comes to mind. What's that one do? Is that the uh, you walk You ran into walls? it in Jade Regent, you create a magic portal that just lets you walk through the wall. Neat. You you just put a hole in the wall and say, look, now we can walk through this. That's kind of cool. I believe it's, um... It's definitely starting to exceed my, um... We're getting up to the point where we don't know the spells anymore. Correct, although... I was vaguely amused by the concept of being able to transmute rock to mud repeatedly over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, right, goes through wood, plaster, or stone, but alas, not metal. Um, yeah, it, it creates a passion so that you can just walk through. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. But yeah, there's, there's lots and lots of stuff. Yeah. And, and wall of force, sending. Yeah. Dominate person is not really her. No. Uh, Mordecai's private sanctum blocks all scrying spells. Mm-hmm. Also helpful. Oh, dismissal as well. That what we said. Yeah, well, dismissal might be nice given we also just did the genie, the genie thing. Mm. And you know, while you don't need to use it very often, when you do need to use it, it's sometimes you need to use it more than once. Anyhow, I'll think on that one. Yep, that's fine. So that's all the NPCs as levels. Yep. And then we return to Kalen, whatever it is that he wants to do with his life. Yes. So, um, a couple of things happening this month. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting some kind of encounter with Mivoy. Yes, Mivoy wants to um, have a formal affair with you. Um, Van and Svetlana were planning on getting married. Van, Van and Svetlana are planning on getting married. It's going to be a busy kingdom, though. Yep, and um, I ha- I have um, at some stage I'd like to have a tussie through the calendar and straighten out how old um, Brand and Micah are. Because um, 
I it would be helpful from a role playing standard if I knew that. I can probably tell you that fairly rapidly. Well, that would be awesome. I deliberately wrote down when they were born because that thing that keeps coming up. I know you um, noted it down, and we have it somewhere. I just um... okay. They were born four seven nineteen, and they're now in four seven twenty two. So they are um, four seven nineteen. Cool. So they they are, are round ra- round three. Uh, at present, they are three point three. Because we're now in Aristus, I believe. Yep. So, um... Cool. Yes, they are three. Um, Tobias is eight. Cool. So, um... Probably not this month, because Van and Svetlana are getting married and there's a lot going on. Um, I'd like to take the kids for a camping trip and go see the and go live with the centaurs for a week. Yep. And spend some on-screen time with Tobias and... You know, not necessarily on screen time with the other kids because you mm-hmm. know their dialogue is the yeah. But um, generally, do some kid interactions. But I think this month is already full enough. So Tobias is kind of eight, going on twelve at this point, and, based on his accelerated physical growth. Yeah, thing. and I figure um, I would like I haven't had an on screen chat with him in a while, and I would like to. Yeah, but that um, that can be next month's problem. So. Um, the so yes so potentially we would do a kingdom turn and then do the kingdom events would be the customary method of doing this but we can do it the other way around if you'd rather and sort of do the more interesting role playing bits first uh, I would suggest um, that you probably start by meeting with Mavoy and seeing what they have to say because that will probably alter what you want to do with your kingdom turn. Right, yes. Good, makes good sense. Cool. So let's um, lead out. That can be sort of... Because they're coming to see me as a result of the um, recent con- the recent battles with Pytags. So that can be like literally at the very start of the month. That's actually about perfect. Because... Um, what they will be doing is um, they will of course have been pr- presumably invited to Varn Svetlana's wedding. Yes, but we- in it, but we had Michaela write an extra tactful invitation to Varn and Svetlana's wedding because there's yeah. you know history there. Yeah, um, one assumes that Iravetti has not merited an invitation. One assumes correctly, however, which, which is understandable. But um, to be honest, uh, I will actually stop and ask you a couple of questions there about sure. this. Um, because, for starters, you probably want to invite all the, um, um, Rastaline, her husband, her daughter, you know, a, a retinue from Mouvoy. Absolutely. Um, as a diplomatic gesture, if nothing else. Um, you're probably doing the same for some other various kingdoms. Um, yeah. Uh, Timon Maracas, the representative from Dagamark, would doubtlessly be on the invite list. Yeah, we'd absolutely invite, you know, people from Dagamark, and Timon Maracas seems to be seems to be the one that turns up. Um, and of course we'll have Regina Veradu, you know, yeah. she can come and she can come. You you certainly have good potential at least here to or uh, a good excuse to invite Quintessa Murray if you are so inclined. Um it whether or not you want to is entirely up to you. 
Um... It, it merely provides a diplomatic excuse to have contact with her should you desire it. You don't have to make that call now, I'm just floating it as a, um... I will very delicately ask Tristram if he wants to. I'm prepared to abide by his his say on this one. I think we've assessed that, you know, that relationship is not going to have a happy ending at this juncture, having already done the dialogue with him. But it's a question of does he want to see her again, or does he just want to try and see her again, or just leave that where it lies? Um, Tristan will just kind of stammer, hum, har, and go blank at that one. All right. He doesn't know what to do with that. And then I think we will not invite Contessa Murray. I think um, we have seen enough of... As a kingdom, cool. we have seen enough of Contessa this, Murray. This is essentially one of those things where you, as the player, are to some extent driving the NPC's romance dramas. Cool. I think we've, we have seen a good... Conclu- I'm pretty happy with the conclusion to that. Many of the other diplomats you have dealt with are now dead at your hands. I know, I know. I don't, I, I don't have as many neighboring kingdoms as I used to because you know I invaded a whole bunch of them. Uh, the thing is, you've you've got several. It's just several of them are off screen. Like I imagine the um, the king and queen of Nistra will be coming. The little yeah. one that's on the other side. Yeah, of the I think we, we. But we're we have less plot kingdoms yes, than we used you to. You do have less plot kingdoms because you now have Dagmark and Nivon left, and that's pretty right. much it. Cool. So we invite Rastaline, her husband and her daughter, and, you know, generic entourage. We invite whichever representatives of Dagomark, but we assume it's going to be Timon or Arrakis. Yeah. And we explicitly invite Eugenia Veridou because we'd like her to come if she was still yeah. in Dagomark, and there's no reason she shouldn't because she's living here right now. So effectively, after your string of stunning military victories, um, you will get very, very rapid word from Mavoy, um that they are coming to see you, that they are bringing a, a retinue. There are probably 50 people travelling with them at this point, not all of whom will necessarily be attending the wedding. Yeah. Um, one of them is Akaros. Cool. Um, which, and, and you'll receive, um, you'll have received word from Rasseline earlier that she sort of wants to discuss what you're doing with the, or your traded counsellors, whether yeah. you want to keep it going or not. She's bringing Akaros functionally, so she can obviously drop them off if she wants to or not. Yeah, so obviously we'll um, call in, um, you know, because she spends her, um, what's her name, um, Celia Ravenbrow, because yeah. she spends her time wandering around the kingdom, so may but, or may not have been planning to come, but we'll call her in explicitly for this. But basically um, what happens is after your string of victories, her timeline bumps up by like a week. Yeah. She says, you know, Owing to, you know, owing, owing to ongoing events in the River Kingdom, says this flowery letter you receive, you know, it would be in our mutual interest to meet earlier. Yeah. So effectively, she's coming here kind of under the guise of coming to the wedding, but is deliberately bumping her visit forward several days so she can have serious negotiations with you. Sweet. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's the excuse, that's what's happening. Cool. You can come in here whenever. Uh, as in, if you want to lead off with Mavoy, you can. If you want to do your kingdom first, your kingdom turn first, you can. I was compelled by your argument that that may change my kingdom turn actions, among other things. If I'm swapping counsellors, at the simplest level, if I'm swapping counsellors, I might as well do that this month and get on with it. So yes, um, we'll do that at the start of the month, Mavoy. We, my army's, you know still kind of sitting in an active status recovering from their various wounds and um you know we're all, and we're already planning the 
and we're organising the wedding and Mavoy shows up. Um, so Rastaline is the one leading this this endeavour. Yeah. Um, and she has requested to see you um, specifically with your general. Cool. Um, and with your counsellor. Cool. So for the moment, that's Vaughn and um, Christopher Rossi. Yeah. Which uh, the counsellor tends to get invited to a lot of these things because uh, oh, actually no, it's not your counsellor because that's not of immediate interest to her. It's, it's Svetlana. It's your diplomat. Cool. Well, well Vaughn and uh, Svetlana, which suggests these are matters of war and diplomacy and conquest and that sort of thing. Sweet. So Vaughn and Svetlana, that's fine. Yep. Um. I'd be inclined to want Michaela in the room unless they explicitly have an objection to that. Not strongly. This has been kept as a very deliberately small meeting as opposed yeah. to ones with dozens of advisors. Yeah. Like, wrestling isn't going to blink if you want a particularly trusted individual there. Yeah, Michaela is the one I would want there. Um, she herself is bringing Darwin Jot. Yep, sweet. Um, Always glad to see him. Along with her new husband and daughter. Yes, whose names I'm definitely yep. going to learn. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> So you are all in a room in Castle Stagthorne, in the big fancy meeting room. Yep, that's one of the advantages with, of having a castle. We with have the, big fancy the gigantic table, because this is not the council room, this yeah. is the external meeting room, so you can fit like 60 people in here with yeah. these, and you've got about eight at this point. Yeah. Um, and Rastaline, who, it must be said, has come up in the world a bit. It's the Alliance of Mervoy, who um, it's clearly doing great things for a kingdom's economy. Sweet, well that works. I'm I'm all for it. Um, and she smiles as you come in. She, she says, Kaylin, Your Majesty, how are you? Wrestling, Your Majesty, it's lovely to see you. May I may I formally present to you because they had their wedding very off-screen off screen because yeah. they were cough so in love that yeah. they had to get it done quickly. Yeah, yeah. I, it's absolutely a political marriage from start to finish. Yeah, that's not a big, big, big secret. Uh, I hope he appreciates what he got. May I introduce my husband, Christoph Markava Selene, King of Mavoy, and this guy comes forward who must be 70-odd 70, 70 if he's a day, um, he's at least 20, 25 years her senior. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> it, it's entirely a political alliance. Yeah. Entirely. Yeah. Um, his his eyes seem alert. He seems quite switched on. You know who this guy is. He's basically one of one of the upper crust from the um, Independent Alliance of Lords. Um, but... Not necessarily the top one, because there were lots of different compromises made. Yeah. yeah. He's, he he would be equivalent to a, a little above Eldest Thorn in position, but yeah. not substantively higher. Um, but he was the one they could all agree on. He, yeah. A pleasure to meet you, young man. A pleasure to meet you, Majesty. And my daughter, Maria Kalath, Celine. And there is a teenage girl there, sort of entering about 14 or so, looks kind of gawky and awkward, and she will also take take your hand, have a kiss, and her hand tenses up a lot, and Caleb will actually see this really easily, because he's been in exactly this position. Um, she's got exactly the air about her where she's standing in this somewhat tense stance, kind of ready to take a fighting stance at any given point. It's it's the sign you see of somebody who, who has been 
trained and trained well to be a fighter, but not trained long. Yeah. She's at that point where she's, you know, ready to take her stance and be aggressive and do her thing, but not at the point yet where it's reached a natural thing where she can just flow out of that. Like, Raseline in half a moment's notice can be ready for a fight. Yeah. She's been trained that well. Um, this girl has not been trained as a fighter, but over the last, like, three months she has been trained very well and very rapidly. Presumably, presumably by Rasseline, the Queen of Mavoy, who is strongly in favour of woman fighting. Yeah. And, um, Caelan will smile at, will give her a, um, friendly smile. And this... Lizzie Marie. Yeah, your Majesty... Your Majesty. Um, and there's no denying what, how the, um, how the order of importance goes here. The two of them sit down and just absolutely take their cues from Rasseline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's this weird alliance where she's taking like the, the second or third guy down from the Independent Alliance of Lords. Um, the top daughter of House Kalath, who wasn't actually anyone of premier importance because she wasn't yet an adult, and then adopted her as her yeah. daughter. And House Sertoba just kind of got to suck it. They they got to take what they could get or get run over. Yeah, well, I think also there was, like, potentially some private thing. Yeah. You know, they were given some private things. Yes. But, um, yeah, fundamentally, there was also a sort of era of, you know, we, yes. we can hang together or you can hang separately. Or we can could, hang you separately. She could get the Alliance on board by marrying one of them. She could get House Collapse on board by marrying one of them, or in this case, taking them on as an heir. Yeah. Um, and House Sertoba... She could have gotten them on board, but then not the others. Yeah. So instead, she got all the pieces. Yep. And she sits down, will begin to, you know, talk to you in general flowery terms about how wonderful married life is and how she's come to understand what joy you've had and blah, blah, blah. It's kind yeah. of just ten minutes of waffle and bullshit. Yeah. And, and she's it. And then she's it. You know, and I look forward to seeing the glorious state of union spread between... Lady Svetlana and Lord Vaughan, and and their wedding. I apologise for coming early for coming early and disrupting your intended reception, but matters accelerate as they so often do in the affairs of kingdoms. Yes, it's it's been a bit of an unusual month. I wish to speak with you because what was Mavon and is now Mavoy has come along has come along very well in alliance, side by side with Stagthorn. Our two kingdoms have grown together, become stronger and safer together, become a better place for our peoples to be. Brevoy has been folded into the open arms of Brevoy, turned from a bicker, turned from a bickering house of squabbling and suffering and death. And the, um, the, uh, what was his name again? Um, Christoph kind of rolls his eyes slightly, yeah. and, but but with almost a smirk, he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah that, yeah, that was the thing we were doing." Yeah, um, you know, and it is it is of our great alliances of the past that I wish to speak. And she starts talking about the the fabulous work you and Vivon have done together, banishing the cruel troll king Hagrolker and this yeah. sort of thing, and. Um, how you, you know, stood, how you stood together against the, you know, prepared to face the threat of Vordekai should it come to combat, which yeah. is an exaggeration. But Mavoy was ready to fight him, they just weren't ready to fight him with you, per se. Well, I didn't specifically reach out to them for help with, um, Vordekai. No. I mean, 
they didn't offer it, but I didn't reach out to them. And, you know, they volunteered to help us against the trolls, and, you know, they did, and they provided an army, and it was a very crucial army, and they did just, you know, I mean, we gave them some of our territory recently, but they did give us 200 very much needed build points. And so she talks about, you know, that, that alliance against Hagrolka, she talks about the deal you have made, where she has mil- um, reinforced you financially to yeah. aid your ongoing efforts in exchange for useful land that has strengthened the boy and brought unity to the people and all this sort of thing. Um, and then she begins to talk about the military forces available to the new Mavoy and the united armies and the strength that they have together and blah 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 and the stunning string of military victories that you have won against Pytax and how impressive it is etc etc Mavoy has long stood under the shadow of the clockwork king Erevetti was a conqueror when he began his efforts ceased so that he could focus on his own projects, his clockwork armies. But he has begun to reach out again. Mavoy is unhappy with the threat the Clockwork King represents. I believe at last he has overextended himself, and I see an opportunity in which we can work together to do something about it. Well, we're, of course, um, very interested. Um, our own... Um for our own forces have um, potentially suffer some challenges pressing the advantage right away. Um, the uh, long seasons campaigning, they need uh, uh, our, our men need a little bit more. Uh, our men and women need a little bit more time. Kalen doesn't customarily say men and women. Yeah. He, he's, he's definitely yeah. not sexist, but he's accustomed to men. But yeah. he's, he's editing that at the table. Um, needs some time to recover, and certainly your aid to thus far has been a big help in winning the victories that we have if but I had understood that you didn't wish to involve yourself more directly against the clockwork king that you wish to stand neutral and not be drawn in we have been considering we have been considering this for some time the clockwork king has been an ongoing threat and potential to the boy we have not had the strength to oppose him before. Now, united again, we do. And you have united Varnhold with you. You have united the lands of Fort Dreadlift with you. You understand that these integrations can take time, that all forces cannot be ready to go at a moment's notice. That time has come. And Michaela in the background sort of makes this sort of scratches her chin and puts three fingers up. Yeah, it's... It's totally nothing to do with like the string of victories you've just had waffling his armies. She's she's leaping on an opportunity here, yeah. basically. She sees that Clockwork King is weak, she sees an opportunity to end Pytax. Yeah. Um The threat of the Clockwork King is an abstract but real one to her. Um she's not deeply worried that he's going to invade Mavoy simply because he hasn't. On the other hand, Erevini has always kind of been an unknown. Yeah, I like, mean... There's, the... no, there's no compelling line of logic behind why he's... that anyone can see, certainly not her, behind why he's decided to wipe out Stagthorn now. And he may well turn around and just decide, right, we're going to war with Vivon next yeah. because whatever. And the thing is that... Um... You know, Bravoy customarily sponsored Bravoy sponsored kingdoms down here because they were worried about the threat of the Ravetti. It's always been a part of their landscape, and one presumes that Mavon 
has always been aware of that, as Pytax was kind of a larger and more powerful kingdom. The threat has presumably been something she's thought about a lot. The threat of the Clockwork King is real. And yet, I'm sure that I'm sure that this is hard to see for a still to come in the future, but have you given consideration to what would happen if and when you were to win this war? If you were to claim Pytaxia? The Clockwork King is an extremely popular ruler. Aye, I have given some thought to it. The, um, thus far we've been considering either endeavouring to fold them into the greater Stagthorn, or possibly claiming some of the territory and allowing them to retain their own kingdom. That would depend very much on what their desire was subsequent to, um, be, but um, that would depend on what their desire was subsequent to us defeating Iraveti. But of course, um, if another nation would help us win that victory, that would they would then have their own potential claims on the area, we would ha- which would have to take into consideration. But I'm not eager to hold down a kingdom by force that does not doesn't want to be a part of Stagthorn. We don't have to have not customarily had to expand our borders by force. Or at least not by for- not by force, or, or except when that was provoked upon us. Of course. I understand that if you can take Pytaxia, holding it may be another matter altogether. Erevedi has a curiously singular rule. He does not believe in heirs like you and I do. There is no great council, no one under him, no one to seize the reins if he should fall. I fear that Pytaxia will descend into a sort of chaos that will affect all the under- all the outlying kingdoms. I have discussed this pro- I have discussed this proposal briefly elsewhere, and I bring this support for the eyes in this room only, and she passes something across to you that is sealed with dagger mark seal. Caitlin's yeah, eyebrows go up. And you crack it open, and it is a very non-specific document, but it basically suggests that Dagomark would be prepared to come to the table in exchange for some reasonably small concessions and financially support somebody just removing Iraveti. Right. <laughs> um, there is a line in there about Dagomark's diplo- Dag- about Dagomark's traditional diplomacy having failed that Michaela Reed sort of raises an eyebrow slightly and makes a slit throat gesture at you. They've tried to assassinate him and it hadn't worked. Um, yeah, well, you're not even sure if he sleeps? Yeah, so. yeah, I can see the problem. I mean, he might, but yeah. he might not. Yeah, and if you don't know going in that he's a golem, which, you know, is information I had to work quite hard to obtain, you may not bring the right weapons to the disposal. Um... You know, and certainly it, it does take things like... Po- it, it does take not only nighttime assassination, but also things of poison off the table. And frankly, the, um... You know, he's not interested in, um... Comly girlfriends who can steer his policies. Yeah. He's yeah. in Slitter's throat when he becomes inconvenient either. No, and... no you... <laughs> I mean, you're, you're not sure... It's, it's hard to read into this, because they're being very vague. It could be in the ilk of they've actively tried Knives in the Dark. Yeah. It could equally be in the ilk of they've tried the Quintessa Moray thing, they've tried yeah. to have someone infiltrate him and become 
his lover or his friend or his stalwart or, ally or, or his counsellor or yeah. what have you but because he doesn't really have a council you can't get people onto the council pretty much because he doesn't have girlfriends you can't get people onto it and because he doesn't sleep you can't assassinate him in the night pretty successfully and it, there's a very obviously implied burn this after reading in the letter so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely um Amos Rasseline has no documentation of any kind. She's having, you know, a private conversation here with you. Yeah. Um, and I think that's about the... Uh, uh, that, that was the last thing she was going to say. Uh, I have... I, I had thought that my strength lay with the, Eldor, with the Eldori blade. And yet I found the circumstances of my life have changed where I needed up. I think you can appreciate this. A man of your background as a mer- a man of your background as a mercenary. I'm sure this is not where you saw yourself ten years ago. No, I I can't I can't say that this was uh, I I can't say that this was my life's pl- I can't say that this was my original life's plan. Some are beginning to call me Queen Selene the Uniter. Should holding Pytaxia prove too much of a thorn in your side, excuse me, I would be. I would be prepared to step in for the gra- in the greater interests of peace, and blah 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 blah. You lengthily debate this, and she is absolutely flat out proposing a military alliance where Vivon will just kind of roll up to the party with a couple of armies and help you kick Eravidi's ass. Sounds awesome. Um, Dagomark will absolutely not be rolling up with a couple of armies because they quite literally don't have them. Yeah. Among um, other things, Dalek and Mark already provided me with what I suspect is their best military asset. But the, in yeah, a, very in much a, so. In an under-the-table kind of way. But, you know, there was Mervon and Dagomark have both already indicated they're interested in this project. But there are a couple of um, there are a couple of things that Dagomark is floating, one of which is a small amount of financial support, which will um, come in the form of bill points, will basically be given to you in the form of favourable trade deals, sudden interest. In Stagnall's case, it's sudden interest windfalls for yeah. your investments there. Yeah. Um, or the other thing is, you know, they suggest that there may be holes that can there, there may be holes that can be found in Irovetti's defences. I.e., they may not have anyone on the inside ready to assassinate him. But they've got people on the inside ready to, like, sap the walls and that kind of thing. Ah, nice. Well, that would certainly be convenient, what with us only having the one siege engine at this point. So that's what they bring to the table. And at this point, I would like dice, because I'm going to call for a couple of rolls here. And then I will tell you... What like, I determine? You know, what Vivon is offering you, what you think you might be able to get, etc., etc., etc. Cool. And I just want to take a moment and look at that... Um, picture that you made of the various kingdoms because I, I want to take a get a picture in my head of what this would look like because Mavon of course Mavoy of course already encircles my kingdom on two sides yes um so here we go so right so they have a very tiny border with Pytax which is an all yeah, so, so this is now altered okay so you have now got uh, sorry, no, I'm doing that halfway between your kingdom and Varnhold instead of where it's supposed to be over here. There's the Corridor of Thorns. There's the Corridor of Thorns. So this is now Mavoy. Yeah. Going basically in a big sort of um, sea cut off at the bottom around you. Grolton is very much just stuck in the middle. Yeah. Um, they have not 
come to the table here, Rasselin makes no real mention of them. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, who really wants Grolton? Yeah. They just get their icky, icky war, bad war cooties all over us. Yeah. Um, and she is floating a number of different ideas and thoughts and deals to you and things. And at this point, what I am going to call for yep. is an opposed sense motive check for your table. Sure. Um, and then an opposed diplomacy check for your table, which is how sweet a deal you can get them to offer to start with and what else you think you could push for or not or whatever. Does that cool. make sense? That does make sense. Now, can I have Michaela and I roll the sense motives as the chosen PCs? Yes, yes you can. And Michaela will simply take ten on it because she can. Yeah. Michaela will... Um, I don't know that I can roll an aid to her sense motive, given we're kind of sitting at a table in public. So. Oh, a- absolutely. This is not going among other things, this is not going to be the kind of thing where wrestling just says, right, we're making a deal in the next ten minutes, or we're not making it at all. Yeah. So, um, Kaelin, Because uh, effectively what happens is, is wrestling will float a couple of proposals and what they would cost you and yeah. gain her and um, vice versa and blah, blah, blah. Then you go away and you talk about it. Michaela says, you know, I thought she was unusually invested in this place. You know, that's yeah. really important to her, blah, blah, blah. Cool, so Kaylin is assisting. Okay, at which point you up her. Uh, you will actually notice, um, probably best to put this in meta, um, that she seems a lot more polished and accomplished than since the last time you've had significant interactions with her. I.e. Rasseline has actually picked up a couple of levels since the Rushlight tournament. Makes largely sense. on the basis that she's gotten a whole bunch of XP from uniting kingdoms together and yeah. doing all this diplomacy and stuff. Yeah, much, much, as I, much as I have gained a lot of levels since the campaign started, she's been doing a bunch of stuff. Yep, and then diplomacy. Yes. Okay, so um, I will again aid Michaela, I think. Sure, she cannot take 10 on that. Uh, actually, I will want my own independent diplomacy check. What is your diplomacy? It's probably higher than hers. It's a nine. Uh, Hers is an eleven, so... Yeah, so we'll make two independent rolls, and, um, I can use my agent of change re-roll, but I'm not going to, because that's a... that's a nineteen. Actually, no, that's... sorry, that's a twenty-one. Yep. So... You will definitely notice um, Maria Kalath, her teenage adopted daughter, very much just does exactly, sits there quietly, watches everything that's going on, is obviously out of her depth, is not contributing anything. She's here to learn as opposed yeah. to do. Christoph Markava, on the other hand, is a really canny little bastard. Yeah. He's thinking all the time. Yeah. And indeed, um, you, you see at some point he makes... This sort of sign where he sort of just rubs his eyebrow slightly and then holds half a finger up to it. You know, you don't know what he's saying to her, but he's sort of serving the same role. He's, the he's there. He, he, so some of this polished stuff she may have picked up from yeah, her new, he, from her new husband. He's been doing um, he's been doing politics since um, before she was born. Yeah, well, he's another eldest. He's yeah. another one like eldest. Yes, but older. Yeah, he's he's got. Um, like 20 years on Elder, so... Yeah. Well, that says something. Dealing with Brevoyan in fighting. Yeah, them. yeah. There, there, are, there are... Living in a snake pit certainly teaches you how to deal with snakes. Cool. Okay. So... Um... A couple of different proposals are floated, and you are welcome to put your own feedback in on this. Yeah. Um, which is essentially... 
Pytaxia is basically um, down. This map is no longer really accurate. But Pytaxia is sort of down the bottom here, yeah. towards the bottom of the hexes. Um, Rasseline, among other things, proposes that uh, she would happily take the whole mess off your hands and take Pytaxia, take the capital city, take all the benefits therein of, um, remove all the headaches of dealing with it and all the difficulties of dealing with it from you, and in exchange would basically... um, not sure how she would phrase this. Not pay you tribute for it, but um, you know, in recognition of the loss of the ongoing value of Pytaxia, you know, a new taxation could be levied. Effectively, build points will come off it that you will get regularly, like you were getting from Brutboy. So that would be a thing like they will offer us a regular equivalent trade deal yeah, fun- of fundamentally, build points a turn. And- fundamentally, she will pay you to take Pytaxia yeah. because it's a valuable asset. And naturally. Um, it... it and um, the other one that she is sort of floating is, if you don't want to give her Pytaxia, is to give her a string of things along the bottom, where there's a largely empty sort of bottom hex row, um, and then reach an agreement with Dagomark where the last bit that borders on all three of your kingdoms effectively becomes a neutral zone that's under nobody's control. Um, functionally giving everyone borders with each other. Yeah. She does not actually border on Dagomark at this stage. If you, um, if you take the deal with Pytaxia, she still doesn't. If you take the neutral zone one, she will border with Dagomark as well. Yeah. Which is generally in, it's generally in your interest to be touching on as many kingdoms as possible. Naturally. I'm just going to, um, take a look at this point at the, um, at the Pytax map. So where's my calendar got to? And you know, this is five hours of negotiation, but we're not gonna play that in the So I thank you. Um, here we are, my text is up in the wrong place. Here we are, the Glenbourne Uplands. Yep, so we've got, um, so here's um here's a fairly relevant um sort of map. Yep. This is Fort Drayliff. Yep. So this is my kingdom. Yep. That's some boy up there. Yep. This is currently Pytax in the sense that I don't own it, this border up here. Yep. And then this over here is Pytax as it stands with this big chunk of hexes and Pytaxia down here. So yeah, there's a whole uh, that's why this map looks off. Um, because this bit's the bit the Iron Wraiths were supposed to be taking, but yeah. they haven't. Yeah, so this is all kind of Pytax. Very much so. This is all kind of Pytax. Yeah, well that's effectively, like, this chunk of map. Yeah. The half of this Pytaxian map. Yeah, because it's, um, including this pile that I didn't, um, poke yes. around in, because Pytax is not super large in terms of X's over that he is actually using. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, so th- she could have this bottom row down here. Pretty much. And possibly and a few more hexes sort of over here or over here yeah, or and something. Putting, putting something like a, like what's A11 or A10 or something as, as a neutral, neutral zone. Border. Yeah. Which would give me a ton of land, but not any settlements. Yeah. And, um, the first one would, or the other one is she could potentially take sort of possibly like this bit. Yeah. Yeah. So what you get from your, Sense mode of debate is um, the thing that she 
absolutely wants as a minimum is to touch on to Pytaxia. So some variant of the sort of hexes here. Yeah. Um, is, is, that's the bottom line that she will compromise on. Less than that and she'll just walk away because it's yeah. not worth the risk to her. Yeah. Um, secondly, she wants to, um, coordinate your military efforts and all that sort of thing, but you've got a lot of trust built up there. Yeah. So she's, she's perfectly, she's reasonably happy that you're not going to run away and leave her holding the bag. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Also because it's not in your interest to do so. Yeah, that would be pretty, that would be gross and little stupid to, um, deck her in the short term. Particularly considering I'm the one that's in the war with her Aveti already. The deal she wants is to take Pytaxia, the big shiny capital city with all the buildings that are in it and all the yeah. economy boosts and the palace and everything else. Um, she thinks if she gets that, she is absolutely getting the better deal here almost no matter what it costs her. Yeah. Um, and particularly because... Um, She's quite genuine, and she's got a lot of faith in herself. Now, Wrestling has always been a very proud woman. Yes. Um, and has always been a woman with great faith in her capacities. And they very much talk about how, you know, you are the cruel, yeah, functionally in so many words, you are the cruel invader who is attacking yeah. Pytax and oppressing his innocent citizens. And I'm, the one, his, I'm yeah. the one who's going to take, I'm going to the one who's going to take your Ravetti's head personally. If you take the city, you are taking it as a conqueror. Yeah. If she takes the city, she is much closer than taking it as a liberator. Yeah, because the alternative is me. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And because you know, I've been doing the I've been doing the bulk of the war prosecuting. Yeah, very, well, yeah. She doesn't say that at all. Yeah, you know, but that's the thing that you and Michaela um, discussed later. Yeah, is you've done the hard yards here. She's just sweeping in to pick up the spare. Yeah. On the other hand, you know, there's a lot of war. There's a lot of war to go around. Yes. I mean, you know, just because I've won it, it's not like. I have defeated all five of Hiravetti's armies. All I have to do is take his largely unguarded capital city and she's showing up to say, look, I was on that team too. Yeah. I mean, Hiravetti's capital is untouched. Two of his armies are in good working health and he presumably didn't neglect to build any border defences at all. So she wants Pytaxia as her main goal, yeah. but she does not think she will get it. Yep. Um, and she is prepared to give you basically anything else that you want in exchange for Pytaxia. Effectively... The absolute bare minimum would be like Pytaxia and attaching hexes. On yeah, the yeah. I, I think there's no point in having Pytaxia if it doesn't join on to Mivon. Yeah. Even then, you could almost push for Pytaxia and um, you know some sort of right of lengthy right of passage agreement. Yeah, but um, you know uh, how how attached is Kaelin to those two random chunks? Yeah, yeah. I mean the, the um. There is some question as to whether I... If I'm prepared to give her Pytaxia, I'm probably prepared to give her four associated hexes yeah. as well. Um, so, yeah, does that answer your questions with regards to the sense motives and things? I, I, get, a good, I get a good handle on what she's pushing for. Cool. So, basically, um, give, give her too little and she will walk away, but you are in a really good negotiating position here. She... she Fully recognises that you've done the work and she's just scooping the prize. Cool. Um, she'll still be fighting, her troops will be fighting and bleeding for it. Yeah. But she could absolutely, she would not press this war against Pytax herself and if you weren't winning, she wouldn't be here. Yeah. And I get that. Yeah. And you know, 
not to be funny or anything, but I'm not deeply offended by yeah. that either. On, on the other hand, it makes your cleanup a hell of a lot easier and a hell of a lot less costly. Oh, yeah. Particularly if you use the option with Dagomag undermine the walls instead. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, um, you know, that was it was a kind of similar position in the situation with Hagrolka. You know, I'd done a lot of fighting against them, then Mivon showed up. Yeah. But what Mivon did when they showed up was ensured that I could win, which was otherwise <laughs> actually not necessarily a guarantee. It's, it's, it, was, it was a very tough final fight, and their army was a huge contributor. It's been too long ago. I honestly can't remember if Hagrolka was actively expanding into her territory or if she was just doing the same thing she's doing here and trying to scoop the um, Hagrolka was definitely causing her trouble. She yeah. was pretty over him. Yeah. But it, it was definitely a... She showed up when we were when yeah. we had him on the ropes and helped us take him. Whereas Erovetti has has expressly offered Mivon no challenge. Yeah, um, he certainly offered them many insults over the years in the same way he's done to you, in the same way Erovetti interacts with everyone. Yeah, and the other thing is, I think there's certain amount of um, not unlike civilization when you randomly go to war for a neighboring kingdom for yeah. no apparent reason. Particularly when you yeah. have a past history of conquerors, conquering, you do send a message to your neighbours, it could be she, you. She's worried that Arvetti's going to turn into Gandhi and go to war at the drop of a hat. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she floats all these proposals to you, then yeah. fucks off, then yeah. you can discuss this at length with yourself, your council, and etc, etc. So that's the thing to ponder over your kingdom turn or now or whatever, is you can have excess armies and move on... I'd have to look up what they're bringing to the table, but it's quite a bit. It's like two big-ass armies. Sweet. Dagobah is is bringing fuck all one way or the other. They're undermining the defences, which is valuable to you, or they're giving you a relatively small amount of build points. Uh, but they're also, not ask, they're also not asking all that much for it. Yeah, that would be my question, is... Um... You know, when I can buttonhole to Maracus yeah. very privately and ask, yeah. what did Dagobah want? Um... Primarily, their first and foremost goal, because uh, he's better at this at Rasseline, but rolls exceedingly poorly, so I'll keep the same, I'll roll over the same sense mode thing again. Um, they're actually quite happy to have a link with Mavoy with and have that neutral ground. That's Dagomark's number one goal. Yeah. Um, and indeed, um, they would pay mildly for it. Um, but they also kind of want the Clockwork King to go away in yep. his own right, because he is an X factor for them that they don't feel they can deal with. On the other hand, Dagomark feels they can deal with you, because Kalen has been very above the board in all of his dealings, and you actually... um fails to deal them a great diplomatic insult by killing Quintessa Murray, arresting her, trying her, anyone. There are any one of a thousand different ways you could have taken that. Yeah. You returned her politely. Well, in all fairness, she did teleport out before I could do anything. I got the impression that's where you would go in yeah, anyway. Yeah, that is absolutely... drop kick her ass out of the kingdom. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, no, that was... You're right, that is that was the thrust of Caelan's policy. She merely acted before he had gotten his, and, his act together about And you it. then didn't follow that up by going to Dagomark and saying, what the fuck, how dare you send this assassin, I demand yeah. reparations... No, that's very true. Caelan totally cooperated with it, cooperated with effects to, sweep, effects to sweep that under the rug. Yeah, which bought you Eugene of Aradu, it's also yeah. buying you this... 
Sweet. Um, Dagamark is effectively at this point paying some of the credit they owe you as yeah. opposed to getting yeah, your money's that makes, worth. Yeah, that makes good sense and I'm, I'm for that. And I can kind of see the percentage that, you know, assassination having failed them, they don't really have a backup plan. This is as good a backup plan as they need somebody else's armies to take him out at that point. But it's, it's very much that Erevetti is an, is an X-Factor. Nobody really understands what he wants or what he's about or what he's doing. He's just yeah. weird, and he's weird in a way that you are not. Yeah. Um, D- Dagmark will never say this to your face. Michaela, on the other hand, will, once yeah. she's picked it up. Fundamentally, you're the dumb half-orc. Yeah. You know, they can deal with you. They can deal with you in a lot of different ways. Among yeah. other things, Dagmark still has your money, so they have lots of leverage over you. Yeah. Not to be funny or anything, but we are, we have made it, we, we have made it a treasurer project to get our money back. That's gonna take some time. Yes. Yeah. But, Dag- Dagamark have all sorts of strings on you. Yeah. And they're just kind of adding more the longer they go. Yeah. Which is actually okay with, with Kaylin. Because yeah. Because, as you're not planning on invading them, it doesn't really matter. No, I think the, um, one of the things that's actually kind of worthwhile as Stagthorn becomes a big, powerful 800-pound gorilla that can be a real threat to people, as yep. opposed to the tiny little new kid on the block no one had to worry about. Is it not necessarily bad if the neighbouring kingdoms feel like they've got a lever on me and yep. they can work with Stagthorn and they don't have to... They don't necessarily have to super worry that I'm going to evade them in the night. And this is where everyone has just been uncomfortable with Eravidi for the last 20 or 30 years easily. Because his motivations are unclear. He just does things off his own bat. He's very much the king of his own fiefdoms. He comes to assorted diplomatic functions, but he doesn't interact. Yeah. You know, he he never gathers people together for formal balls and pytags or whatever. Yeah. Fundamentally, he doesn't behave like a human being. Yeah. Probably because he isn't one. Yeah, that does seem like a logical reason. So that's, um, that all makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I am pretty interested in making some kind of deal. Yeah. So ponder away to your heart's content. That's what Mavon is bringing to the, Mavoy is bringing to the table. It's pretty much entirely in your court at this point. Cool. You can take, make any deals, make any proposals, throw the whole thing out the window, whatever it is Caleb wants to do. Um, so, one of the things that I would like to do is um, talk to um, uh, Raseline about the invoice specifically, about uh, Agoras yes, and, yes. and Selena. Yes, sorry, that, that evaded, yes, sorry, that evaded me entirely. You know, actually, that's an entirely separate plot conceit, but she's very happy to talk to you about yeah. that. And I figure that one is probably something... I can discuss more with just, you know, her yeah, and... Very much so. uh, I can actually just discuss with her and possibly the king. Yep. Regardless of how this... Regardless of how this potential alliance works out, I believe the time has come when our two kingdoms no longer need to feel so uneasy with, e- with each other at each other's borders. I am sure Celia Ravenbrow has been a very useful warden to you. However, her unique skills and viewpoints are missed in Mivon. We are... Generally, a people of order. Celia brings, sort of cocks an eyebrow slightly, a different voice to the council table. She's been a great warden for us, and we'll be sorry to lose her. But it was never really intended as a permanent arrangement, and we'll be would be very happy to have Akros back. So um, I feel that the, you've come up with a good solution to the um, potential power imbalance which had concerned you, and. Given that that doesn't 
need to be one of your primary concerns anymore. It seems like we can build new alliances. So, so because Mavoy um, could now mount a pretty yes. substantive challenge to yes, me, she they has no solved longer, that problem in a separate way. They no longer need to worry about me invading. And, and effectively, what she's proposing here is you just trade people back again. Yep. And do as you please with Akaros, and she will take Celia back onto a council. However, um, she's perfectly happy to run off your bat here. If you don't want to do this while you're in the middle of a high stakes invasion and war. Like, if you leave it two months, she's fine with that. She's got no no great push for it. No, I think um, we're actually perfectly happy to welcome Akaros back on board to help us finish the war. Um, and um, Celia's... Um, and, you know, while Van's being a good general, he's good at lots of things, so we can easily move him to do something else. So I'm cool to, to do that, potentially. All right, so um, where I'm at, yep. um, as a as a player, yep. um, I um, there are a couple of things. The thing that I principally want to do yep. is um, I want to go fight the Warsworn, yep. because Kalen wants to personally gain Gorham's blessing before you go to war. Yeah. Before before I go to a big kick-ass multi six kingdom combat makes sense. Um, but I don't necessarily... I was going to follow that with some more, like, Pytax exploring and so on and so forth. But I, um, I don't actually necessarily need to do so, yeah. given that I now potentially have enough armies to kind of kick... Um, the, 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 the addition of the Mimonese yeah. armies will make a pretty big difference. Yeah. So I want to do that. And then the other thing on the table was having this sort of vague desire to try and find another way with the Rivetti. Yeah. But I don't really have anywhere that I was going to go with that, necessarily. Um, the other thing I could do is just, you know, go kick his door in and negotiate and um, fight him and, see, and talk to him as we're fighting them and see where that goes. So, I have... Thoughts and feedback on this? Yes, I am proposing this to Gary. Thoughts and feedback. Um, remember, the Kingdom Turn is entirely an arbitrary mechanical process to be used just so we can keep track of it. It's not as if you get a pile of money on day one, then on day 30 your armies roll out. Yeah. So I'm perfectly happy if you want to go off, have Caelan explore, do another turn of, uh, do, do another turn worth of Caelan personal level interacting with, with the Kingdom of Pytax and then jump back to army combat. Yeah. Um, that makes no real difference to me as long as we remember what we're doing and what yep. order and where. Um, that's fine with me. Um, uh, Rasseline did not um, say this because the GM forgot, but it's, it's both implied and overt. Um, very much, you know, like you need to bash down the walls of Pytax and conquer the city, and obviously the Clockwork King will need to be removed as a threat, at which point you need some personal level adventurer style ass kicking. Yeah. So that's all you. Yeah, yeah, I figured like, that. Rasseline's like, you know, as you are, you know, such a mighty warrior and yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, no, I always figured that would be all me. Yeah. It's just, um, I was sort of vaguely kicking around the notion of, um, having one more try at negotiating sure. with him, but I'm kind of. Keener to just go kick in the door that, and that's see. Ex expressly part of her price, basically, is Kaylin takes care of Erovetti, yep. whatever that looks like, whether you get him to surrender, kill him, yep. any number of things. Yep. Um, which is which is all fine. Um, 
So, yeah, in terms of going and fighting the War Sworn and doing whatever else around the Pytax you want to do, you are most welcome to. Yeah. Um, in terms of Irovetti, this will absolutely not be as simple, I'll tell you as a player, as just you win the army combat and the book is over. Yeah, no, I never thought it would be. Um, it's, you know, this sort of, this is kind of, I mean, this is the big war book. But this is kind of the middle of the big war book. There's yep. a lot of potential results of yep. kicking off this giant conflict. Um, as to what you want to do with regards to Hirometi, that's kind of very much, I think, in your in your court. You most obviously you could just hack into bits, which yep. will solve your problems one way or the other. Yeah. Um, you could endeavour to garner a gr- these just sort of my spitball ideas. You yeah. could endeavour to garner a greater understanding of what he wants and why he has gone to war with you and yeah. that kind of thing, and then use that. You could endeavour to talk him down, although from your encounters with him, that could be quite difficult because he's very fixed and focused, yeah. and he doesn't think the same way you do. You yeah. cannot appeal to him on. You, you might actually be able to appeal to him on your people will die in this conflict kind of thing. Yeah. But you need to appeal to him on a very logic-focused level as opposed to morally the best thing to do is surrender. And the other thing is, um, you know, everyone's kind of unhappy about Eravetti because he's kind of the sword of Damocles perched over the kingdom's head. Hmm. Kaelin is one of those people. Yeah. Kaelin's not necessarily okay with a piece where Pytex just goes back to maybe declaring war on us at some point at a, but, at a later time. But you could go in a thousand different directions with this. Like, you could sneak into Pytex and endeavor to personally assassinate him. You could um, go rolling around Pytex and try and undermine him politically. You could make alliances with Volta and the people of Little Town to, uh, you know... Um, turning his people against him or whatever. Yeah. There's there's almost so many options the GM can't think of them all for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Alright, um, that gives me some more structure. So what I want to do in a immediate time context yep. is have one more kingdom and adventuring turn. You know, Duvan and Switlana's wedding. Yeah. Fight the try and fight the war sworn, have a poke around Pytax with someone and try and gather a bit more preliminary intelligence. Yeah. And give the kingdom a chance to recover from the last giant uh, army battle. Yeah. And then potentially have another giant army battle. Yeah. Um, the one I will say is that Rastaline's offer is somewhat time limited, or rather it is opportunity limited. Um, if you kick Erevidi's ass enough on your own, then she has no leverage to... Um, uh, need to come in anymore. On the other hand, if Irovetti turns around and kicks your arsehole over the floor, she's just going to fold her tent and walk quietly back into the night. Yeah. So that's that's what I mean by opportunity limited. She's extending this to you because you're presently in a position where her armies will make a big difference and yeah. she'll get what she wants. As and when that's no longer the case. So, will change. So my theory is that one month will not... Absolutely. Provide enough time for Ravetti to pick himself back up off the mat. I'm Absolutely. definitely not going to leave it six months and see if he rebuilds it, entirely. Indisputably, what Ravetti is going to do this kingdom turn is build some more armies. Yeah, yeah. You know, but but there are... are only so many armies that he can build. Yeah. Cool. He, so he has um he has a war he he's effectively just got the big war budget. Yeah. Draining build points out of. 
but he's got the same limitations you do in the sense that he cannot just turn around overnight and knock out 40 armies and call it a day. And the other thing is, the more money he spends on building them this turn, yeah. the less money he has to pay them next turn, yes. he has to actually pay his consumption costs. I know you ha- you mechanicalize that in a simpler way. Very but, much so, but, but he's still, still he's, lim- he's working off a limited budget. Yeah. And, but he's also working off limited army construction. I don't think yeah. you've run... In, I don't think Caitlin's run into this yet, but Stagthorn only has so many armies you can build before your kingdom can't make... In the same way, you're only allowed to like settle three things at a turn or whatever. Right, there's a limit to the number, there of, are armies, to the number of armies, armies you, you can, can have. It's high. It's yeah. higher than you necessarily want to produce in a given turn. Because I've got like eight or nine, so I've got quite a lot of... Or is it... No, no, it's how many armies you can, you can raise in, in any one kingdom turn. Yeah, I've never raised more than one army per turn. Yeah, there is a limit on it, and yeah. I want to say it's in the ilk of about two or three. Yeah. So Irovedi, no matter how much he wants to, even if he has thousands of build points, cannot just turn around and pull ten armies out of his backside. Cool. Because he still... That's that's the rule saying he still needs to train those men and raise yeah. them and equip them and blah, 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 blah. Cool. Alright, so that's a general structure. Yep. So, I want to um, have a kingdom turn and then invade Pytax. Cool. I want to... So, I want to make an alliance with Mivon and Dagomar to help me invade Pytax. Yep. At which point I want to have a look at the options that... You know, as a character, the, the options that we could put on the table for that. Yep. And yeah, at that point, I probably do want to talk to some. I, I probably do want to talk to my council. You have it. Um. So this is a unique opportunity to, you know, win this damn war. But we do have to also consider the future. Uh, Mavoy, uh surrounds a large portion of the kingdom. Uh, my principal concern is that I do not want to contiguous. I do not want them to surround us entirely. So specifically, like they come up to here, yeah. I don't want to give them essentially access to Dagomar. I, I don't want to give them the ver- the very top bit, yeah. so that they border straight round the rest of my kingdom. Correct. Um, they're not actually even asking for that though. Yeah, because you're talking about them taking like. The bottom, the bottom row there, and yeah. the side row there, aren't you? Yeah, so that that would be like them taking some of the border the, the border hexes. Yeah. No, they're not even asking for the side. Yeah. Because uh, they'd certainly take it if you offered it. They would love to surround you on all sides. Yeah. But very much what they'll end up with is effectively a C shape around you. Yeah. And depending on what you give them, a crippled C at the bottom. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. So... But what they're what they're asking for is either Pytaxia or a border, or or a border of the um some of the bottom area of the Glenbourne uplands. Now, Pytaxia is a bit of a two-edged sword, and we've discussed this beforehand. On the one hand, um, it would it's a powerful city and would bring in a good boost to our economy and the like. On the other hand, it is effectively a captured province, and it's going to be a long time before they um, lie down quietly. I've got no objection to... Um, I don't think there's any concern about... I certainly have no concern about um, giving Mavon and potentially Dagomark some of the border. Um, that's... I mean, that this is, a lot, this is a lot more land that we're talking about. That would be a pretty small percentage of it. 
but I also don't have a great deal of concern over giving, potentially giving them Pytaxia and letting that be their headache. Like, they're in a position of not having contributed significantly to this war or, or thus far. They probably are able to um, hold it down better than we could. But I'm interested in your thoughts on this, as um, we will be locked into it once we've made the deal. And people nod and think about this. I still need to update this council sheet. Can I make your council? Yeah, absolutely. I'll dig up. Um, I'll dig up the council sheet. The other thing I want to do is um, get into some lighter clothes. We'll put the fan on because it's pretty pretty hot in here. Sure. Okay, so you start. I think um, for the purposes of this council, let's say that we've, even though we haven't done the reorganization yet, we've borrowed Akaros and are not bringing Celia because this is kind of. Um, yep. We'd rather. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, um, at the point where you're bringing the council together to discuss this proposal of Nivon, Celia doesn't even blink and yeah. left out of it, but the yeah. obvious context is obvious. Yeah. Um, Okay, so, um, so many different opinions on this one. Um, Bryn sort of nods at this and she says, Give them the big city. There's a thing of steel. There's a thing of steel and coldness of no, no great worth or value to us. Stagthorn has more than enough land to spread across. We still have Endless area, endless areas unclaimed in Fort Draylev's lands, and even across the Vanling host. We have enough, we don't need more than that. So her argument is less morally based and more just, she's a pretty simple girl. Yeah. She's got what she needs in life. And she's not wrong, Stagthorn really does have a lot of land. Um, Christopher Rossi, on the other hand, says, well, Mivon's, well, Mivoy's military forces are impressive. Pytaxia itself is quite a prize, an uncertain prize, I must admit. But we have little enough knowledge of even what is there, let alone what untapped resources may be there. If the Clockwork King possesses the secrets of the Clockwork units he has made, and we turn them over to Rast Selene inadvertently, then we may be losing that opportunity for the future, and we may be creating a threat that we do not expect. Barn nods and he says, I agree with that, but as the general of Stagthorn, the 2,000 men Mavoy proposes bringing in would make a substantive difference to our forces. Our victory would go from difficult to, I believe, perhaps assured, depending on what Irovetti can, can throw to counter us. It would save a lot of Stagthorn's lives. It would be the difference between one or even two of our armies falling. Svetlana nods at this and she says, For my part, I believe we have always had the good dealings with Rasseline. She is an opportunist, but she is a politician. She is she is no doubt taking advantage of the situation here, but that does not mean it is not in our mutual interests. If we both shed blood for it, then she certainly deserves some slice of the pie of the prize. 
and I have every confidence that she will deal honestly with us. I believe there is little to no chance that she will turn and turn upon us and betray us at any point in this. In ten years, in fifty years, when we all have different kings, who can say? But the same could be true if we take Pytaxia. There is nothing to say that Nevoi may not respond by, uh, perhaps, say, taking Groton, Nistria, that Dagomark may not assassinate them all in the night, one night, or that a new power may rise from the south entirely. We cannot speak to the future. We can only be responsible for the actions we take here and now. We are responsible for the choices we make, but we must make them blind. Uh, Lillian uh, the other Russian accent one. Mm-hmm. Um, Lillian says I can agree with Caitlin's point about having too many headaches yes, as it is integrating for, uh, integrating for Drayler is enough of a thing and Van what about what about the Van Ling, what about the Van Holders uh, Centaurs and Van uh, looks at Dave and makes this sort of like yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of gesture like you know it's, it's okay it's, it's happening okay you know. there are there has never there has not been any significant enough friction here but you would hardly say the two of you are living happily side by side and again the Centaur and Van look at each other and both <laughs> shrug and nod mm-hmm. yeah yeah I mean they're definitely working together but they're not like Generations into a peaceful community. No, no. Hmm? Um, I, I think the the successful peace largely involves and in va- the Valmic host live in the city and farms in the west, and the centaurs live on the lands to the east, and that's working great for everybody with that gap. There. We have also seen what happened to Hannes Drelev as an unpopular king trying to hold a city that did not want him. Yeah, I I stand opposed to this. Mavoy have dealt honestly with us, and fairly, if opportunistically. But the longer we feed them, the fatter they will grow. I cannot help but think that sooner or later, it will bite us. If we continue to extend a hand to feed them, sooner or later they will bite down upon it. Tristan shakes his head. I don't... I don't like any of this... I think an alliance with Mavoy leads to the least bloodshed possible, but I wish we could find a third way, make peace with Pytax, go back to the way things were. Chief Sootscales says, there's no going back. No way to turn around on this. We're committed to taking out a Rivetti one way or the other. I say let I say let Mavoy bleed for us and take the brunt take the brunt of it. As long as we keep our army strong enough to be ready for them if they try and stab us in the back, then we'll be ready for any challenges they make to our leadership. Huxley nods at this. Dagamark have endeavoured to move quietly and in the dark. If I had to guess I would say closer to infiltrating a Rivetti's court than anything more blunt like dives in the dark. But they have not succeeded. Any alliance we make with them, even temporary and passing one like this, offers them more opportunity to slip their agents in under our walls. It is they that I would be concerned about, not Mavoy. A sharp and quiet blade is always much more dangerous than a very loud, blunt instrument. 
old build names. I think it should depend upon how much of the Clockwork, la- the Clockwork King's lands we actually want and what we intend to do with them. There is good forest down there, but old forest. The Fae of Stagthorn do not like it. It is wrong in many places. I do not think they would have any great interest in taking Pytax one way or the other. Pytaxia or the lands around it. I am perfectly prepared to listen to the wiser dictates of the council on this. The Thunderhoof. If there is one thing I have learned from all of this, from all that has passed, it is the value of allies. The centaurs have come far, fast, have come far further, far stronger, and far faster than I could have ever thought possible, with allies like Stagthorn and Varnhall by our side. I would not have agreed to such alliances in the first place, and I would have been wrong. Whether or not we can trust Mivoy if we reject a potential ally, we may not receive them again if we need them in the future. And that's all your people, except Akaros, if you want him. Uh, I'm, um, yeah. I, I'm perfectly happy to have Akaros, because we haven't had it's been a while since I, It's been a while since I've he- been sitting here. <laughs> It's good to have you back. Yeah. Just in time, too. He smiles over at Svetlana. It's good to be back. <laughs> I can't say. I'm in. I'm in no position. I'm in no position to talk about this. I've seen what Mivon's got to offer. They're good people. Less of a motley crew than Stag Thornton, but good people nonetheless. I think we can trust him for what that's worth. I think I'd, if, I think if I were to be involved in the fighting, I'd rather be doing it on the front line at the head of one of these armies than sitting here at a table watching it happen. The last one is Tyrion Nemesti. I, for one, believe that we should found... I for one believe that what Aristotle seeks is the widest community possible, united as a whole. Pytax has proven too unruly a neighbour for us to deal with. Mavoy has not. We have already turned down a hand of friendship to them in turning down Rastalian's marriage. Who can say how, fu- how different the future would be now if we had taken that? If we make another alliance with her here, we are opening the possibility to more alliances in the future, more diplomatic crossovers, weddings, she has no adopted son or true son here yet, but she may in time. Her adopted daughter will need a husband, taken from, taken perhaps from a neighbouring kingdom. More strong alliances there. And that's your council's wisdom. Cool. Thank you. That's hard. It's so hard to bounce with 14 people. I know, I know, it's tough. But it's You're really, great. It's really helpful. <sighs> I, and I wasn't even keeping track of how that came out. Um, no, no. Numbers, but I think the people were pretty up all up. And, but the, 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 the majority verdict is that nearly everyone uh, wants to ally with Mivon, and nobody, and very few people spoke strongly for keeping Pytaxia, which well, I thought was interesting. I think um, Rossi was the only one who really said Pytaxia is too valuable a prize to give up. 
Uh, no, that was Michaela's opinion as well. Oh, Michaela's yeah. opinion was you shouldn't keep giving move on things. Yeah. Um, both in the immediate term, that Pytaxia is valuable to you, and in the long term, that yeah. the more you feed them, the more they will want. Yeah. Um, um, but she's a very untrusting person. Like yeah, 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 yeah. That's, um, that it's not... It, it, but, it's, but Caitlin respects her opinion, but that's not Fundamentally, the majority view boils down to... Do you want Pytaxia? Because yeah. if you do, then the situation changes. Yeah. And if you expressly don't want the headache, that's a thing of value to keep in mind. Yeah, I guess um what I kind of want to know is what Pytaxia wants. Mm. It's The broad takeaway has been that um you will be occupying them as a conqueror. You are yeah. going to have guerrilla resistances and that sort of thing. Yeah. What they want is Iravetti to win the war. Yeah. But assu- or, or Iravetti to sue for peace. Yeah, but assuming that that doesn't happen, yeah. is, is which kingdom would they rather be part of? It's hard to say, because yeah. there's no individuals or leaders there to speak to, but it's probably much more muchness. They will certainly resist you more than Mavoy, so yeah. that would suggest their stronger preference is for Mavoy. Yeah. Alright. Then I think... But you, you simply don't have a united will of the people on that. You don't yeah. have will of the people is behind their glorious, benevolent leader, the Clockwork King. Yeah. Uh, although, um, actually, that's one you would know or be able to easily find out. Um, Pytax is a lot more distrusting of... Pytaxia is a lot more distrusting of Stagthorn, of the two kingdoms, because you are the weird ones. And specifically, you have alliances with a lot of Fey. Eruvetti has almost no Fey in his kingdom whatsoever, <laughs> and they're damn sure not citizens. That's right. That's... He, is, he is actually welcoming of all kinds of people, and... The Clockwork King specifically has some real weirdos personally working yeah. with him, like Gaitain and... And that um, one Oni and things. Yeah, and the Oni and this sort of thing. But they're not largely integrated into yeah, the community. Yeah. He doesn't have a, a giant troop of Oni living there. Yeah. Um, Iravetti himself, you think, is the least racist or speciesist person you would ever meet. He takes everyone for their logical value, not what their... Um, what their species or gender or anything is. But he does seem to really... He really hates Tretania. Yeah. And it's very mutual. Yeah. And if that extend, That would make sense if that extends more broadly to the Fae. Yes. He has not made... Like, they haven't made an open blanket policy of massacring the Fae or anything, but the Fae are not welcome there. Yeah. It's... It- it kind of fits with the... The Fae are very nature-oriented, very illogical, very unpredictable, yeah. all things that Iravetti doesn't like. And Mivoy Ugo are a lot more acceptable because they are a more knowing quantity. They yeah. are coming in with mostly humans, not centaurs, kobolds, Fae, yeah. and everything else. So what I would be inclined to propose yep. at that point is that I probably don't deeply want Pytaxia. I yeah. don't particularly want to hold down a kingdom that's in active opposition to me. Cool. So I probably don't have a big problem with Mavoy taking it. Cool. But at the point that we're offering them that deal, yeah. we'll expect to... 
will expect to get something pretty substantial in return sure. because this is a, this is a I, hell of a deal and I, I want them to take that seriously. I, as the GM, have not actually done the math on this, but I will give you um, the the GM's word that move on will extend you a very fair offer. Essentially. Yeah. That that's fine. Um, which will probably come in the form of a wodge of build points up front. Yeah. And then a string of build points ongoing. Yeah, which is a good deal because that adds up to a decent amount, particularly considering if that's potentially an open ended deal. Yeah. Then that's a kingdom revenue source pretty much indefinitely. Yeah. Um or at least, you know, they may want to set some kind of a 10 years or 15 yeah, years. Yeah, which, which they almost certainly would, but yeah. in terms of duration of the campaign. Yeah, it will quite certainly apply. So, um, yeah, that's, um, that would mean that Kalen gets um, a very large chunk of the Glenbourne Uplands. Yeah. So what I'm thinking in terms of, to show you specifically, sure. is... Um, well, that's the secret one. Sorry. Here's Pytaxia. Yep. This is the Mivonese border. Basically. Um, so I was thinking of that. Sure. That little chunk of... That gives them... Yeah. At the point where you're giving them Pytaxia, you can give them less. Yeah. They will take any of those two hexes that connect. Yeah. Um, My theory being that, that it, it's a it's not a chunk that's of deep value to me, and that gives them a... A, a, a sort of essentially a secure border, but sure. a potentially yep. invadable yep. border, so it gives me some but military fronts with them. Should you find that there is, say, so what I think you're agreeing to is do is give them Pytaxia and um, land accessing it. Yeah. Um, with that to be decided by Kalen, so that if as if as and when you go down there and explore and find there's a massive honking gold mine that's worth sixty build points a turn in one of those hexes, you keep that one and they can have the other bits. Yeah, because there's some top. I'm sort of thinking of the bottom area, but yeah. there's some top ones they could have as an adjoining yes. conception instead. Yes. Um, and lastly, um, if Dagamark is interested in um, that hex as in a eleven, yeah. Either as a neutral hex or to extend Dagomark's borders. Yeah, Kaelin is prepared to not offer not that. particularly unless you're going to um, either give them more. Yeah, because their interest is in connecting to Mavoy. Yeah, so if you want to give them more, they'd be both perfectly happy with yeah. that, or you want to give Mavoy more. Yeah, but I I see no reason to up the bid beyond Pytaxia for cool. Mavoy and. Um, I'm certainly not going to give Dagomark five hexes unless they're prepared to um, pay for the most. What you are getting from Dagomark for that is the lesser version of their support, which is just a small supply of build points as opposed to them undermining the defences. Yeah. So, right, yeah. So to get the undermining defences, I need to... You're going to need to offer Dagomark more. Yeah. All right. Um, So, if Dag... All right. um, Let me have a look-see at this. Because what I could potentially do is divide the bottom row between Mivon and Davidamark. Yeah. But that's, uh, that is very... Uh, I like the sound of the sapping thing, but it seems like a pretty high price yeah, to Dagamark's pay. Davidamark's case is going to be several commanders have sudden heart attacks the night before. Yeah, but it it strikes me as a um, very high price to pay. That's, that's fair. Yeah. No, I think that's... And, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily want Kaelin to be the, known as the... Um, Whatever the, the the noble title is, the guy that gave away all the good land. Yeah. He's already made a number of deals along that line. 
there's probably a limit in Dagomark getting four hexes. Yeah, the, the thing is, it's it's in Dagomark's interest for um, for Iroveti to be removed, but that's probably going to happen anyway, whether yeah. they help you or no. Yeah, so they're only so helpful. Correct. And, and frankly, they also only have so many resources they can bring to bear on this. Because they're um, they, they are actively not interested in handing you huge chunks of build points, both because they don't necessarily have them, and because that's really blatantly in Erevedi's face. Yeah. Which they don't want to do. Because Dagomark are the ones most concerned about what happens yeah. next, because yeah. Mivoy will still be a big shit-eating kingdom that yeah. can... Um, potentially rumble the Ravetti and Dagomart still won't be. Well, also, Mivoy is one well-placed assassination from descending into complete and utter chaos again. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's the, one of the problems with the kingdom that's based on the foundation of alliances. Yeah. And you kind of have the same problem because if it suddenly comes out that Deneed murders Van, you know, or is seen to through whatever methodology, you're going to have all sorts of riots and crises on your hands immediately. Yeah. If I, um... If I um, depose Lillian in favour of Turian, yep. as um, Port Grey lives thing, yep. she's just going to assassinate Kel. <laughs> so yeah, all good. Yes, all good. So um, yeah, I think that is a deal that I'm prepared to make. Cool. Move on, we'll take that deal. Dagomark will take that deal. Um, what Dagomark are giving you here, and you may want to... Um... I'll get my um, sinister notating... <laughs> okay, so what you are getting from this yep. is um, Dagomark are giving you 10 bell points. Okay. Uh, pretty much in the form of congratulations on your new interest windfall. Yep. It's pure cash, but it's pure cash that belongs to you. Yep. Um, what Mivoy are giving you are two gargantuan armies. Score. Mm-hmm. Which are effectively a thousand men apiece. Yep. Um, I will give them to you, and you can functionally drive them and yep. in the combat. I'll just take over as the GM when I get to. No, actually, devastated they flee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, rather than die for your fleeting tactical advantage. Yeah. I'll endeavour to play them in a vaguely um, I practical way. I think you're fine with that. Yeah. It's the same rule I usually give you NPCs on. You yep. run them up until the GM steps in and says, okay, now they yep. do something else. Yep. Um, and in exchange, you are giving them. Um, like two to four hexes and Pytaxia. Yeah. And you are giving Dagomark functionally nothing. They are paying yeah. back the credit they owe as opposed to... Yeah, I mean, um, the thing is, if Dagomark wanted a couple of hexes in exchange for sapping the walls, I'd be happy to take that. Yeah. But because I'm not giving Mivon the line of border hexes, yeah. Dagomark is probably not that interested yeah. Dag- in my ra- random territory. Dagomark and- have not been all that... Um, expansionist. Um, what yeah. they are mostly interested into is putting financial hooks and economic ties and things into other kingdoms. Yeah. Which will, I, I suspect is sort of the price they're offering in the background. Is, yeah. You know, we'd like you to uh, push through the silk deal we've been working on kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, Mivoy are explicitly not getting Little Town. Cool. I'm leaving that as something I'm going to sort yeah. out myself. I don't particularly want it. So. I didn't figure it was a high priority for them. But that's something Kaelin wants to... Those people, at least Kaelin's going to talk over and see cool. what they want to do. Um, the last thing you probably want to do with that before you go into your kingdom turn is actually talk to Akaros, because that might affect what you want to do with your counsellors and that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I want to at least briefly talk to Celia as well. Sure. Because, you know, just to basically say goodbye. Yep. 
So let's do them in that order because Akaros is the more, Sealer is the quicker one and Akaros is the more interesting one. So post them um, st- establishing our deal with Mervon, yep. Caelan will track down, um, yep. I imagine at this stage the deal is less in the we've ratified everything yep, and yep. more in the we've, we've had, had a very, under the table. We've had a very private conversation with Rasseline and a very private conversation with Timon Maracas and they know where our, where we're heading. Yeah. And now you've, it, and now you've finally got a, a moment which um, which Kaylin will probably quite enjoy. Like you're just having a, a very informal meeting with Akaros. If it were any less formal, it would be at the pub. As yeah. it is, it isn't. It's actually in the castle. Yeah, but, but you're basically some, just having a few drinks. Yeah, we've got some. Ta- we've got and, some tankards of. We've got some tankards of ale. And he comes in. He says, Kaylin, it's been too long. Damn good to see you again." Gives you a very yeah, manly hug and Matt, smack Matt, on the back. Likewise, eyes, we've missed you down here. But I appreciate you um, heading up and keeping a lid on things. No, it's no problem, it's no problem. Uh, on has been a lot of fun, to be honest. Interesting in a lot of ways I wasn't expecting. I hope those report things that I scribbled for you were useful or something, if you could read them. Yeah, yeah, they were fine. Here, let me get you a beer. That's the man. <laughs> Ah, oh, it's nothing quite like Stagthorn's finest. <laughs> this bribery ale is great stuff. Yeah. Black bribe mead or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, you've been having a couple of interesting months then. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it went a little bit... Uh, between you and me and the gatepost, I, I wasn't expecting to win to quite that extent. The young boys did the whole bleeding war. Uh, well, the boys did a damn good job, and I'm proud of them. Bloody shame about the runners, though. Um, they're a really useful well, field force, but um, those bastards just go straight for the little armies every time. I'm going to have to be a bit more careful about how we deploy them. Makes smart sense. You can't leave the bees around to sting you in the ass. So. I suppose we need to talk about what happens next. Aye. I've got something to talk to you about. Well, it's not something I was expecting, truth to tell. Uh, See, I've been serving on Mevoy's council, um, dealing dealing with their people, and, well, you know, I don't think you've got a lot to worry about there. Their armies wouldn't know a handsaw from a hatchet. The general wouldn't know us for a pommel. But in any event, I've been checking out the rest of Mivon's sites. The taverns, the woman. There's, uh... Turns out, I wasn't expecting this either, there's a woman. Like... Oh! One that I I got to and then I just I kind of wanted to stop at. Oh. She she kind of reminds me of, of all the best bits of old Rosalie except that she isn't married so she isn't going to accuse me of rape and then I'll be forced to kill her and her husband flee to banditry find myself to find myself defecting from ba- drunken banditry to joining up with some would-be mercenary who became king, becoming his general and getting sent to another country. It's been a busy couple of years. Oh boy, has it. 
So you like this girl? I really do. What's her name? Her name's Belinda. And she's... Oh, all things. You're going to laugh, but uh, she's a baker. And Can't argue with it. She's... Not a tough lady to look at. Not all that much of a lady to look at, to be honest. Kind of short, a little pudgy. Can't really fight. Can't throw a punch. But she doesn't take a lot of crap. Best pies in all the Mivoy, I reckon. I found myself going in there more and more for them and couple of weeks in I realised I was going in there more to talk to her than to get the pie a couple of weeks after that I asked her you know what she thought about me tried to do all the things that you wouldn't do so I could succeed with a woman <laughs> he says I'm smirking at you yeah. we, we started seeing each other I was thinking it would only go on for a couple of nights but well she said no, like, for the first several nights. Which, yeah, that's a first. <laughs> I, I'd have thought I'd have gotten bored and moved on, but... I don't know, it's it's weird, but it's it's kind of fun having a woman that that you want to talk to. That, that I guess, like, challenges you and engages your brain and things. And cares as much about who you are as what you look like. It's... Weird, but it's good. The thing is, we've been talking, and she's got a lot of family in Mavoy. I've got work here, a few good friends, but not a lot of family. She wants me, we presumed this was going to be trading the councils back again. She wants me to go back, not for Mibboy's council, to step down from it, get out of the politics, get out of the wars altogether, settle down with her, and God help me start a family. Like little rugrats like yours. I mean, yours basically seem to take care of themselves, so I figure it's a thing I can do. Well... It helps. It helps having. It, it, it helps having help. Uh, 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 you know, we've got nannies and the like. But I don't see any reason you would to be able to hire one of those. Oh, you must have at least a bit of money squared away. <laughs> You'd think, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, if not, you can certainly make more. Well, she she runs her own business, and uh, I don't see a lot of protection rackets getting far taking any money off her. <laughs> But there's some plenty of things a fighting man can turn his hand to. I wonder. Fighting's been all I've done for so long now. I don't know how to do anything else, but I kind of want to try. I feel like I'm getting a bit old for all of this. It's like it's time to look at what peace looks like as an option instead of war. <laughs> Never thought I'd hear myself say that, but here we are. <laughs> and um Kaylin will um 
glance up at the mantelpiece because he's not wearing right now yep. but has yep. just kind of generally a um, certain amulet. Yep. And of course um, what the Lady of Forgotten Time said is even someone like Cressel can look for peace. Yep. So... Well, I can't argue with any of that. If you need me, if you need me in the short term, I'm here. I can't deny I owe Stagthorn and you a hell of a lot of favours. Hell, but for you, my ass would have been hauled back to Bravoy to be hung. But in the end, when this war's over, I want to hang up the sword here and go settle down in Bravoy. Wanted to see what you thought about that. If you need me in the short term for the council, I can. Although, sitting around a table was never the fun thing. I've seen your armies. They seem to be lacking for strong leadership. (laughs) (laughs) If you need me in there, I'm there. But in the long term, I'd like to stop. I'm not saying we couldn't use you, either in the, the general or in the field. But, you know... We may not have. Uh, uh, we may not have all the. Gr- we, we've got a lot of armies, and they don't all have great leaders. But we have got some good generals kicking around. And you know, if we're only rearranging the, I was going to rearrange the council and give you your spot back because you've more than earned it. But it's um, might be just as simple not to if it's only for the short term anyway. I think Stagthorn's done a lot for you, but you've done a lot for Stagthorn as well over the years. What with one thing and another. I don't have a problem with you stopping now. The war's a bloody dangerous game. It's not a game... It's not something you want to... It's not necessarily... It's something that you can do for a while. But it's not necessarily something you want to do forever. I guess I never thought too hard about the future. I suppose when you sit in your chair you must be thinking about it all the time. What happens after Pytax? What happens next? Do you go to peace? Or do you just look for the next war? Because you don't know what else to do with yourself. Aye, but, um... Perhaps Celine said at the council this wasn't exactly what I um, planned to do with myself ten years ago. Truth is, ten years ago I didn't have much of a plan for my life. I figured I'd be mercenary as long as I lasted. I mean, it's not a, it's not a game where you necessarily plan to make it to retirement. But, um... The band broke up and I had to find something else to do with myself. I have to say, when I saw that moldy, ragged-looking half-orc skulking around the stag lord's thought, I never thought one day I'd be calling you your majesty. Well, not that I've done that yet. <laughs> she has a toast to you and has a drink. I... Um, I didn't figure on us ending up here er, er, neither, but, you know... As I pointed out to various noble types from the boy, we couldn't have taken the fort without you. Ain't that the truth? So, we owed you, and what you wanted then was to be the general, and you've been a good one. If you want out, I don't have a problem with that. I'd like you to, you know, bring bring the girl on the rug racks down here, here for a visit once or a few times, maybe. Yeah. They can, um, I, I can, um, the, um, we've got good training grounds here on the castle. You want to train them up so they can defend themselves. It's important and it's good fun too. I may have asked old Rasty for a favour and 
Heather slipped into the party. She's up here for the wedding. I'll introduce you. Excellent. No. No rugrats yet. At least, there are still help me. I don't think so. <laughs> he says, she has put a little weight. They sneak up on you. It's alright, you're getting used to it. Huh? You've got yourself a good woman. You've got yourself a good woman there. The biters are always fun. <laughs> There's a man chuckle. Yep. yep. Alright, and yeah. So basically, um, he has no investment in coming back and joining your council whatsoever. Yeah. But if you push him on it even slightly, he's perfectly happy to if that's filling a useful hole for you. Um, he is actually more than happy to come and general an army. Akros won't blink at volunteering for that. You know, there is the slim possibility that he'll die, but he faces that kind of every day because he lives in D&D land, so he's yeah. not that worried about it. Yeah, it's kind of, on the one hand, I'm, um... On the one hand, I think it's kind of cool to have him in there. On the other hand, I'm a bit worried about getting him killed. It would be a very tragic ending if he, if you didn't yeah. lose that army and he died. Yeah, I think it's unlikely, but, you know, the thing is his generalship would doubtless make the army better, but it's not like it provides a particularly profound stat bonus. And I'm um, pretty happy with the notion that I, I, I'm good to say you don't have to pay a debt to Stadthorn. Um, you you have you have contributed. You're um you're good. Also, you have now known him for nearly ten years. That is a terrifying prospect. I'm just looking back, and the the first recorded year I have on this is um, eight years ago. Yeah. But there was a year of downtime where you built your kingdom in the first place at the yeah. end of book one, and you of course met Akaros before that. Yeah. So you were actually coming up on nearly ten years of Kingmaker in character. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, Kaelin is definitely, you know, older and um, sees things a little differently. Yep. Yep, you, you hadn't even married Bryn when we started. Yeah. Well, hey, when we started, I didn't know Bryn. No, no. Stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's where Akaros is. When, when she tried to take my head off, I didn't necessarily think that's yep. the girl I'm going to marry. Yep. <laughs> That's the same experience I had in real life. <laughs> so yes, so um, yeah, I think uh, I'm good for I'm good for I'm good for him to be out. In the short term, that actually makes things simpler for me because I don't desperately want to rearrange the council. Great, simple's fabulous. Yeah, it's um, you know, in the long term, I think it'd be worth having him on board if he wanted to come back. Yeah. But um, in the short term, it just makes things simpler because we can just keep Van on as general for another couple of turns. Yep. We will have to figure out what we're going to do with the warden post. I do, of course, have an apprentice warden. It's true. <laughs> but that's fine. I have some ideas about um, what I can do in that regard. So Akaros is retiring. Yep, Akaros is retiring to get married, settle down, and have kids. Awesome. Of all things. All right. So because he's had nothing to do in in Mivon because they haven't actually given him a lot of massive control of armies for very obvious reasons. Yeah, reasons. yeah. And of course, um, he's um, 
you know, while well, I think Celia is more than bright enough to pick up a bunch of intelligence on our council despite being yep. drunk all the time, it's not really something we were expecting Akros to do a super great job of. Uh, to be honest, uh, neither of you have exactly sent your best and brightest. Yeah, yeah, there was definitely a counsellor we could spare. C- Celia thing. gets through on luck rather than um, intelligence. She's been a great warden, and, yes. you know, I think that her... Ad- that how to survive better lucky than good is a mentor strategy that Xamath can use because she needs to improve her. Given the way she approaches her life, she needs to nothing, improve her luck. Nothing like those cross-class fighter bards. Yeah. Okay. So you can speak with her now if you want to keep role-playing. You can speak with her later if you want to. Um... I, I think um, that it would be good to... Which one, Belinda or Celia? Celia. Uh, oh. Belinda, I'll just leave out entirely and do it at the wedding. Sweet, sounds great. Because I'm, I, I think I will actually do that wedding, but I will do it as a sort of miniaturized version. Of yeah, the the... yeah, I think just just little little cuts. So yeah, I will I will go see Celia. But to be honest, it's going to be kind of similar to the Akros thing. I'm going to bring her some beer. Caleb, how the hell are you? I understand I'm going to be going home soon. I... Not that I haven't enjoyed it here, but you know. I've smashed what's here to smash. It's kind of one of those things. Fortunately, we live in a world where there's always another flesh-rending monster around the corner. It's been a marvellous avenue here. Uh, I couldn't be happier. But, you know, I was only borrowing you, and now I've got to give you back. Alright. How's young Samantha holding up? Uh, uh, to be honest, ever since I... Um, ran into her trying to um, take on Vordekai all, all by herself. I've been a bit worried about her. I'm hoping, I was hoping you could knock some sense into her. <laughs> really? That's what you are. Honestly, I think yeah. Celia, Celia has survival skills that Samantha needs. <laughs> Celia's never once gotten killed doing the daft things that she tries. Honestly, the girl's got the most important part, I think. She's not lacking in confidence. See, half of it is believing you can do it, and the other half is actually doing it. Admittedly, when the second half falls down, you've got a bit of a problem, and old Zamath has run into that a time or two. But the thing is, she's getting older too, just like the rest of us. She's not quite that young girl... Not quite that young girl that you met... um, when she was pissing around with Vordekai, she's had four or five good years to grow and think about it. It's a good point. Sometimes the um, when I'm not paying attention, everyone seems to be getting older with uh, just no winking. Whether or not she'll, whether or not she'll be ready for it, whether or not she'll survive, who can say? Uh, ancient red dragon reborn a thousand years later could land on us tomorrow and burn the whole kingdom to ashes. You can't plan for these kinds of things. Oh, yeah, no. Blimmin', um... Blimmin' genies coming out of the walls and just bringing vast armies. I mean, how how can you plan for... How can you plan for shit like that? Never saw that in the book. But I tell you, it's gonna make a great story. A thousand genies, scimitars of flame, <laughs> strode across the field. And then, in one burst of epic magic, they were repelled as Caden Kalen himself bestrode the battlefield, drowning them out in beer. <laughs> so, at this point, we just get drunk and talk shit. Pretty much. 
But, you know, Kaelin is perfectly happy to devote a couple of hours, but yeah. these are on different nights, so Kaelin can yeah. recover from the hangover from Akaros, so his Makes mother sense. has a chance to recover. <laughs> so, yes, goodbye, Celia. So, yeah, her more, more or less takeaway is, you know, she thinks, you know, Zaman's not as ready for it as she is, but, you know, there ain't no way to get ready like doing it. Yeah, no, that's cool. I'm At that point, I'm probably pretty good with that. Alright, so um, while I'm doing counselor things, there is one more um, rearrangement that I want to make in that regard. Mm-hmm. Is that um, I want to talk to the old Beldame. Young man, I'm always here listening. I um, wanted to talk. The cement and Celia thing has been working out pretty well. And I wanted to talk to you about if you'd be interested in taking on an apprentice. Yeah. I find young people to be rude, back-shattered, and opinionated, but I've kept my thoughts about you to myself for a while, so I'm sure I can do it with someone even younger and more opinionated. I wasn't exactly thinking about someone young. I was thinking about Phil Lavish. <laughs> The fairy dragon. Really? Really? There's no one on the council who's... Um, we haven't got any proper fae on the council, and it's been bothering me for a while. And I don't know what your plans are, but I've had more than one councillor point out that um, retiring is something that they want to do with their life sooner or later. I'd be perfectly happy for, me being for, for your wisdom as long as you want to stick around, but I presume at some point... Hell, at some point I'll die. Well, I wasn't going to put it quite like that, but I... Uh, worrying about that sort of thing's a young man's game. <laughs> I know I know the Reaper will hit me sooner or later. That's just a question of when. I've gotten a lot more out of life than I was expecting to already. But uh, I was thinking... I don't think he's anything like Riddy, but I know you work well with the Fae better than most of my council, and... I was thinking if there's any you've done a bloody marvellous job as spymaster and if there's anyone that can get him ready I'm thinking it'd be you. The thing is, Palavish has done a lot of good work for me. He's he's got a smart brain in there, he just can't focus it for more than two minutes at a time. Even two minutes is pushing it sometimes. I don't know. It's a matter of, I don't know if it's a matter of giving him more responsibility or just slapping him upside the head periodically until he starts to listen, but I think he could do it. I think he's always going to be young and flighty, part of being a fairy dragon, but I'll be honest, I like the idea of a fae on the council. I think old Lady Nickel would have liked it too. Aye, that's my thinking. It's taken me a while to get there, but... I think the idea of Spymaster for Lavish has a certain amount of merit. Spymaster for Lavish! It's happening! <laughs> sure, the old Beldame will agree to that. She seems as much amused by anything else. She's sort of hit the point in her life where it's just like, sure. Yeah. Why not? Uh, I think she she works with the Fae pretty well. Yes. And, um, 
I don't know if I'm going to hit at some point that she wants to retire or not, but if I do, I'm ki- ki- I, my theory is it's very likely that I will uh, wind up with Pilavish in there at some point. Certainly, she gives you no indication in this, comp- in this conversation that she has any desire to retire whatsoever, but that may change on a dime. Yeah. Like, if she gets sick or old or sick. her dying is actually a very real possibility she is certainly old enough to just die in saddle of that like they like lady lady nickel it's kind of a similar equation yeah. and it's kind of she's either going to go down the drug route or the lady nickel route either she'll retire or yeah. she'll die she she is actually um well due to the point where it wouldn't be remarkable at all for her to just die overnight. Yeah, because I, I don't even... I don't necessarily know her species or her lifespan, but she must be nearing the end of whatever it is. Uh, she is uh, supposed to be fey-blooded. Right, yeah. Um, she is, in fact, a fey-blooded sorceress. Oh, cool. So, Alright. So, yes, so um, I want Pearl Avish to get some practice in it being Spymaster so that one day we can have a Spymaster Pearl Avish. Because she's got, like, lightly green-tinted skin and yeah. like, sort of warped on her nose and that kind of thing. Yeah. Very classic witch style. Yeah. Which has never bo- bothered Kayla. No. Spymaster Apprentice Pearl Avish reporting for duty. <laughs> this will be the finest decision in a string of fine decisions that you have made at your most royal imperial majesty. So yes, let's get Pelavish on the council. I felt like it was getting a bit too normal out there. Sure. You just you don't have enough weird shit on there already. Yep. Adds a map. It's true. Wow, that's... It's, yeah, you could genuinely hit the point where you've got like three centaurs on your 12-man council. I like centaurs. Sure. What sure. can I say? I like um, centaurs. No one is stopping you. Anyway, it's only going to be two centaurs, because it's only ever going to be a core or need. Yes, although... In theory, there'd be nothing preventing you electing the other one to a different post. I know. But you, you then end up with some really weird shit when you go to war again. Yeah, it's, it's complicated enough. As it is, I'd have been perfectly happy to make her a general, except for the downside that I'd then be stuck with the Cora as my general. Yeah. And I can't make the need the counsellor because I don't want her to be the counsellor, so, you know. Okay. Cool. Cool. So I think that was... Um, Many conversations. Yeah, so I think we'll have the kingdom turn at the start of next session and go from there. Yeah, or well, you can have it now, whatever whatever works best for you. This is late enough for cool. me. I figure either way we are probably calling it there. And I think yeah. what, where we will call it on is you, Van, um, uh, Rasseline, and that sort of gather round your board and look at Pytax and push the miniature armies closer and nod and plot and plan. And somewhere the clockwork king's mailed fist closes as he too plots and plans. Dun dun dun! dun.